morning all. Welcome to worship today from the sanctuary of the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy, that place that connects us by the presence of the Holy Spirit, makes us a family. Um, we've been gone for quite a while, so uh, we've also been doing uh, some cleaning and some sprucing up. But you know about the new carpet, you might notice there's no pyramid behind me, it's at the cleaners. It's not ready yet, but we'll get it soon. So it looks a little bit different. Um, but I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, glad that you are joining us for this online service because it's a special one. It's like my favorite Sunday of the year because it's the Lessons and Carols Sunday. And even though it's gonna be different because we're not together and we're not singing with our just amazing choir, um, it's still a gift. And so I hope that you enjoy it. Before we get to that, we do have a few announcements that I wanna share with you and then uh, take care of some other things. But first, uh, some announcements on the life of the church. I need to uh, ask you, as I always do, to remember those that are on our prayer list, to keep them in your daily prayers. They feel those prayers. They tell me all the time. Uh, and God hears your prayers. So that is important. Uh, and those prayers bind us together. They keep us that family, even when we're apart. Uh, this family of faith is doing things, even though we can't meet in worship in the sanctuary. This week, again, we do have an in-person service on the soccer fields. It begins at 1030, but there is breakfast and there's coffee and there's hot chocolate. So come a few minutes early, grab your spot, set up your chairs, get a sack breakfast and uh, enjoy yourself because in person tomorrow, the 13th, we will actually be singing. I've been talking to our music director, Chris, and as long as we keep our masks on, we do get to join in and sing a few of our very favorite Christmas hymns as some of our section leaders also come and sing for us. So not the big production we're used to, but still something precious that we can share during this Advent season. That is happening on Sunday. On Wednesday, we do have wonderful Wednesday. So drive on through or stop and have your lunch on the picnic bench. Uh, just enjoy the outdoors and we'll feed you. I did skip past uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Monday, because there are circles. So if you're in a circle, check your email or your voice messages, because I know folks are letting you know where those will be and when those will be, but that is on Monday. Um, we are also taking care of some congregational meeting business this week. So I'm gonna to read to you what's gonna be presented in that meeting. The officer nominating committee who was elected by the congregation has put together the slate of officers and these are those that have been asked and have accepted the invitation to serve and are waiting on the vote of the con congregation to confirm that. For the deacon board, William Hackney, Ronnie McLean, Bill Mock, Betsy Wilkerson and George Woodward uh, for the deacon board to fill an unexpired term, uh, just a one year of service, Jack Schmidtman, and as our youth deacon, Brett Robbins, and for our elders, Jim Barano, Cheryl Hinson, Suzanne Mahaffey, and Ben Powell. So if you're coming in person, be ready to vote for that slate. Uh, as always, we do open the floor or the field, as it were, for nominations. But if we do get nominations, then we do start voting. So that 
that just be aware that that will change the dynamic a little bit, but this, the committee has done what you asked them to do prayerfully considering who might serve at this time, and this is a good slate. I am pleased with it, so be prepared. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we do have the joy offering. Uh, it's something that we take up and then share with our presbytery for retired pastors and their families, perhaps who have uh, depleted their retirement incomes and are just in, in hard places. So uh, we will take up that offering as we do every year to share. Um, it is coming to the end of the year. So you will get in, your, in the mail this week, a pledge statement uh, it will be a statement of your giving for the year just to let you know where you are so it doesn't sneak up on you at the very end of the year. If you've got questions, call Beverly, contact our treasurer, Finley Cook, uh, one or the other. And as always, thank you so much for your pledges, your tithes, and your offerings. They have been uh, a remarkable gift, and it is a gift that allows us to share with our community during this really crazy time in our lives. All right, friends, uh, we do acknowledge the season of Advent, and today we relight the candles of hope and peace, and today we light the third candle. We light the candle of joy. Advent is a season of waiting, even as we wait for the fulfillment of all God's good plans, we find joy in the work of God all around us. The Spirit calls us to joy in our vocations, paid and unpaid work, relationships and service. We find joy in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We cherish the joy of Mary and Joseph, of Elizabeth, and Zechariah of the shepherds and the angels and all of creation. That is why we light the candle of joy today. Friends, let us pray. Holy and compassionate God, your faithfulness in all things produces the harvest of our joy. We rejoice in you always. Even in our seasons of doubt and darkness, we can find joy in the presence of Christ in our neighbors and the witness of the Holy Spirit in creation. Stir up our holy joy that we may share it with all whom we encounter for the sake of your gospel. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We are during this Advent season, oh, almost lost it, also uh, going through a daily lesson, uh, The Jesse Tree, God's Big Advent Story. And I turn it over to Lisa now to tell you about the, uh, the new symbols, the new ornaments going on The Jesse Tree. Hello everyone. Today we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent and we have six more ornaments to go on our tree. Some of these stories are not as familiar as some of the ones we've done in the past, but let's do them. So first we have the story of um, Ruth and Naomi and how Ruth was blessed to, um, to, for Boaz to tell her to take care of her and to tell her to glean the field. So that is a little thing of wheat gathered up there. And then we have when David was just a small boy and he was anointed.
God told him that he was the one that would become king, even as a small child. So he was very important, um, even as a child. And then when he got a little bit older, or even as a boy, he was God's shepherd. He was one of the shepherds that took care of the sheep. And we know the importance of that because we know how God is our shepherd and he takes care of us also. So that is the little shepherd's hook. And then we go to when Elijah was um, trying to prove himself and that God was God and Baal and the people worshiping Baal. So they, they did all the, they got the calves and they um, chose one and they tried to shout and whoever's um, sacrifice lit on fire by God was the one that was truly God. And so they yelled and screamed and for like most of a day and, and God never, or Baal never set theirs on fire. But then Elijah was um, put, put the stones, the 12 stones and, and put the sacrifice on there, the bull, and then put 12 jars of water on top of it and yelled, down for God to, to create the fire. And he did, and he did. So showing them who God really is. And I'm having trouble, there we go. All right, and then turn the page. And this one was when we had the fall of um, Jerusalem and the people kept disobeying and disobeying and disobeying God. But even um, through that and through the destruction that they went through for like 70 years, um, God was still with them, even in the hard times. So we know that. God is with us always, even in difficult situations, like getting a ring on the thing. All right, and then we have Jonah. Jonah and we always say the whale or the big fish. And God told Jonah that he needed him to, to go tell the people about God. And he was really scared. And so he went the other way. And then he was swallowed by the big fish. And he spit him up on the shore. And then he decided, well, maybe I should do what God tells me to do. So even Jonah um, obeys God eventually. Sometimes we're hard-headed like that too. So that is our six ornaments for this week. Wow, we just have a few more and it'll be Christmas. So anyway, I hope everybody's been enjoying their devotions, reading them and reading the scripture that goes along with them and, and giving thought to how all of this plays a part into getting to the Christ child. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks so very much. As happens every single time we do this, I make mistakes, I miss stuff. I've got a red pen at the top of my list. I've got a giant piece of uh, paper note right next to me, and yet, I forgot the rose. Congratulations to Meg and John Weldon, and the birth of their daughter, Mary, Mil Mary Miller Weldon. Uh, she is the granddaughter of Dale and Carolyn Summerford, two very proud and happy grandparents, and great-granddaughter to Becky Summerford, who is beside herself with joy. Congratulations, family. It is a joyous occasion on a Sunday of joy. Now, 
I am so pleased uh, to turn it over to Chris Phelan and the section leaders and Ian and so many folks with so much talent who are going to present for us now our lessons and carols. Now it is different, it's very different, but it's still such a blessing. And my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit will connect you to this service and connect all of us together through this service during this most joyful time of year. Thanks.
The first lesson, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walk in darkness receive the promise of the Messiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The second lesson, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The Messiah will come from the root of Jesse to restore the peace of creation. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the, like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
the third lesson, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 8. The prophet proclaimed good news to a people in exile. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice will say, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely, the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. to send the people a righteous king. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. The Fifth Lesson Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35 and 38. An angel appears to Mary and announces that she will bear a holy child. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, 
to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The Sixth Lesson, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Joseph and Mary travel to Bethlehem, where Mary gives birth to her child. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
the seventh lesson, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Angels appear to shepherds in the fields and announce the birth of the Messiah. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Joseph and Mary and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. from Matthew 2 verses 1 through 12. Magi from the east come seeking the Messiah and offer gifts to the baby Jesus. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They then opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. We three kings of Orient are Bearing gifts we traverse afar Field and fountain, moor and mountain Following yonder star O star of wonder, star of night Star with royal beauty bright Westward leading still Glorious now behold him arise, King and God and sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, sounds through the earth and skies. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us through thy perfect light. The Ninth Lesson, John 1, verses 1 through 14. The Word of God becomes flesh and lives among us, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and to truth.
Chris Phelan, Music Director at the First Presbyterian Church in Quincy, Florida. Thank you for joining our Lessons in Carol service this morning. I'd like to briefly thank those who came together to make this service possible. First, our scholarship singers, Nicole, Jenna, McKenna, Ethan, Evan, and Cameron. Thank you for giving your talents and your voices to these services each week. Thank you to Ian at the organ and Jenna at the piano for accompanying our singers and providing beautiful preludes and postludes each week. Thank you to Scott for all of his tech help. And as always, thank you to Chris for his guidance. From all of us here at First Pres, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And to go into your week, we leave you with a concluding voluntary in D by Thomas Pattinson courtesy of our organist, Dr. Ian Henning. Merry Christmas.
fantastic, right? Super. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, section leaders. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Scott, for putting you know all the pieces together. Thanks to Tamara for helping to put this space together. Thanks to the countless folks that make it possible for us to be together each Sunday and for that wonderful service for us during this special, special time. So now, friends, as we have been blessed, receive more blessings still. Receive this blessing of God for you this week and always. May the grace and love of God, may the hope, peace, and joy of the Christ child, and may the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now, be with you always. Thanks be to God and amen. Now friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Bye.